Welcome to the show with Sam and Joe. This is episode 243 for June 13th, 2019. This week, we talk about being a morning or night person, shows and movies we're watching, reflecting during Pride, dating experiences, and our favorite games from E3. So stick around for the show. Here's the clap. Okay. First of all, here's a bone piggy. Good yeah. For you. Not a real bone. Cut that out. It's all natural, organic. Here's the clap. This is where you're starting. <laughs> An organic the clap. Okay. An organic clap. One, two, three, clap. Oh. I didn't clap. My hands just mildly touched together. I didn't want any, like, you know, you're I, so didn't, gentle I don't this need week. anything that'll make me anxious. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm trying to keep it calm and I don't want to hit my own body. Wow. You're like, you're so in tune with your like chakras or whatever. Yeah. I really like, um, oh, I was trying to think of a funny word that sounds like chakras. I really like chocolate. chicken. Chocolate. That would have been better. Oh, fuck. Uh, my chocolates are are aligned today. Mm, my chocolates my dark, are just really good feeling. My dark my chocolate, my white, white chocolate. chocolate. Honey, we're all white chocolate. Let's be honest. Oh, my God. Speaking of, I made the best coffee, French vanilla coffee cookies with chocolate chips. That's a thing. That sounds delicious. It is. And it was my own recipe. What? what you mean recipe? Re- re- recipe? Recipe. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, I found this recipe online. And of course, it was from one of those horrible blogs. And I didn't have like half the ingredients. And I was like, let's just use French vanilla, cof- French vanilla coffee creamer. That's it's actually a good idea. Heavy cream. Yeah, it, was, it worked great. And then I added like coffee to them. Honey, woke me right up. Honey, so woke. You're so woke. Speaking of being woke, Uh-oh. how are, well, I guess we can't talk, you know, that's not a good segue. You're not necessarily woke. Oh, honey, I'm, no. It's I'm a miracle you're enough. awake today. It's true. I have my, I have some coffee in me, so it, please excuse me if I'm, you know, more hyper than usual. Sure. Um, well, how are you doing? I know you have some tea to spill. I have, I have some personal tea, honey, Ooh. that no one wants to know about. Um. Oh, no, I'm ready. I, I told Joe about this. So basically, um, last week, I had a date with a boy. And um, it was something where, like, we, you know, we were chatting on Grinder for, like, five days. And he seemed really interested. And I seemed really interested. Well, the problem was, like, I was visiting my parents. And so I, like, wasn't in my hometown. And he doesn't really, he didn't really live in my hometown. He lived, like, 40 miles south of me. And he, like, didn't have a car. So, um, you know, we just like chit chatted, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, do you like want to go out for food? Like, I'll drive down there. I'll take the time out of my day to drive down 40 minutes to meet you up for food to like go on an actual date with you. And we'll see what how do they it goes. Call it? Hosting and not. So no host. Can't host. Um, can't we'll host, travel. We'll travel. Got yeah. it. <laughs> That's the title of the podcast, by the way. Can't, Continue. Can't host, will travel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, it was a situation where, like, he... Okay, I have a I have a problem, and it's something, it's something that I, like, am personally addressing, in which I feel like, internally, I pick out guys that are vulnerable it's like it's like i'm a viper trying to go for like the the bird with the broken wing and i don't but know you were the bird with the broken wing the whole time see that's the thing because long story short mama got rejected bad and i was licking my wounds for two days 
Um, so basically, so like we go on a date, like I thought the date went really well. Like I was making him laugh, like things were really nice and whatever. And then like, I was assuming that he was going to like invite me back to his place. Like we, we could have funny business. We could not. That was totally on the table to like, if you didn't want to do anything, it was totally fine. Like there were no expectations. Um, and so like, we're getting close to the end of the date and like, I think it's going really well. And then he's like, and I, 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 what I think I asked him, like, um, uh, so what are you thinking? And he said, honestly, I think it would be best if you brought me home and left. <laughs> oh. And I was just like blindsided because this entire time I thought the date was going really well. So I was like, oh, okay. And so like I brought him back to his place. Like meanwhile, like he cleaned his entire apart- apartment for me. Um, because he was like going to invite me over when we were chit chatting before, and then he doesn't. He just like he said, "Okay, I'll I'll you know it was nice meeting you. Bye." <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, on the flip side, mm-hmm. would you rather you know find out now or you know be ghosted and exactly? Oh wait, you know. So, so uh, I, it, part of me is like, yeah, like you know, it's fine. It's it's a it's a direct approach, which, right, right. you know, isn't always feel the best at the moment. No, but it saves you a lot of time feeling bad later. Exactly. So but so here's the situation. Like it was still a little bit vague in my mind because I was like, ugh. I he was vulnerable in the sense where like he was is was the type of person that had hooked up with a lot of guys. But like emotionally like never had gone on a proper date with a boy. And so I was his like first date or whatever. And I was like, we can either hook up or we can go on a date. It's your choice. And he chose the date. So I was like, okay. And so like he was vulnerable in the sense where like he had never really gone on a date before. So like maybe it just kind of squicked him out a little bit that like, you know, maybe he just wasn't comfortable like emotionally like connecting with a guy instead of just like singularly sexually connecting with a guy. Um, so that could have been something regardless. Like I, um, drove home. I drove 40 minutes back to my place and I was just like thinking the entire time, like, you know, was that a rejection or was he just like super nervous? Like it was still, it still was open-ended. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, so I need to like text him at when I get home and like get a definitive, a definitive answer because like, I don't, you know, I want to know, like, is there a chance of me ever seeing him again? So I text him and I was like, Made it home. Um, how are you feeling? And he was like, oh, glad you made it home. I'm feeling great. Like, I that date went really well. Like, you're so funny. Um, like, it was really nice meeting you. And so I was like, oh, okay, he is interested. But then I, I texted him again. I was like, I just need an answer. Am I ever going to see you again? And he said, honestly, I don't think I'm ready yet. And I was like, okay. And then that was that was the end of that. But in my mind, like, I don't date very often like i don't go on on dates with boys very often because i don't know i'm not like well there are like five people in montana today and and four of those people are cows and so it's like it's it's slim pickings obviously but it's like i'm not used to that feeling of rejection and you know the the rejection that i have had in like my past have you know i i took it really really badly and so immediately, like with any sort of rejection, because it's it's rather unfamiliar for me, it's kind of uncharted territory because I don't deal with it often. I immediately go to that place of like catastrophe 
where it's like in my brain, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, I am not, you know, I'm, I'm fucking ugly. I'm fat. Like, there's something wrong with me. You know, that's kind of where it spiraled to. to. But then I like, you know, you talk yourself down from the cliff. You take your antidepressants. You get off that anxious, you know, bubble. And you just like vent to some friends. And then two days later, you're basically over it. The only reason why I'm bringing this up is because I texted Joe and I I told him, you know, I'll, I'll let you know how the date goes because I thought it was going to go really well and then it didn't go well. <laughs> and so I saved it a week later to talk about on the podcast. But essentially where I'm going with this is um, how do you deal? Like, do you deal with rejection well? Like how many times rejection? have you been rejected? I, don't I know, know I, her. Right. Rejection. I'm just who? kidding. No, it like I mean, obviously, before I got together with Justin, I was sort of like having fun. But then like on the side, I would go on serious dates and I would, you know, I was looking right. for it. You're trying to trap trap a man. I was trying to trap him. Mm-hmm. And there was it was right when I like at first started like gone back into the dating field. There was this guy and we went on like three or four dates or something. And and then it he was like, yeah, let's just be friends. And I was mm. like, okay. And that hurt, hurt. Like, it's always, um, it hurt. But then, like, after a couple of days, I was like, oh, yeah, we would not have done very well together. Right. Like, could, at like, all. You, that saves your me mind, some time. Your mind right. kind of clears in a couple yeah. days. Yeah. And then also, it's like learning to kind of, they're not rejecting you and who you are necessarily. They're saying, Hey, that like even, you know, that date, those dates were really good, but we're just not a good match. We're not a good match. And like, you're great and I'm great, but like, we're, we got to be great in another way together. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just not working this way. And then you're like, okay, that saves me a whole lot of time. That saves you a whole lot of time. I'm glad one of us figured that out early on instead of dragging this on for like two years. And And then being unhappily married with two kids and a dog. So I look at rejection as like a, time saver a a time saver well and also (laughs) and not even necessarily a way to better myself although Mm -hmm. because it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you you know it just means it wasn't a match although i have been rejected for petty things before like and they'll tell me and it'll be like a um like a physical thing i don't really want to go into obviously no i don't want to i don't want to rehash those wounds honey right um but if it is, if it has been something petty, like, oh, you know, like you talk, you found sound too feminine or, you know, if it's something, <laughs> right, something like stupid, it wasn't that. But, you know, if it's something that is, I don't know, they need to get over, then I'm like, you don't know who you're talking to. Right. <laughs> it's you like, know. oh, you're an asshole. Yeah. It's like, well, now you've saved me time because you're also you're gross. You're exactly gross. Exactly. And, you know, you have a narrow mind. Right. So. Just look at rejection as an opportunity to not do anything. Exactly. An opportunity to, (laughs) you know, it it was a swing and a miss. Right. Um, And that's all like, I mean, you know, that's uh, that's what dating's all about, I guess. Right. You know, it's it's truly about it's truly about like learning to not take it personally like at the like at the core of it right that's very true and i i think insightful the the problem for me is that like you know every time i've dealt with any sort of rejection in the dating world since my like my first serious boyfriend like when i 
I was so young when I was in my first like serious. We dated for like six months. It wasn't that serious in the you know whole scheme of things. But it was my first relationship, and then he broke up with me, and then I, you know, it was my first relationship ever. So I took it so personally, and it was like catastrophic for me emotionally dealing with it. Like spiraled into a deep depression. Like it, it was like a catalyst for a bunch of different different things. And so when I get rejected now, like you know, eight years later. It automatically goes to that point where like, oh, God, I'm going to spiral into a deep depression again and everything's going to be horrible when, you know, but then it's like instead of, you know, staying in bed because I was rejected by a boy for like four years, I lick my wounds for two days and then I'm over it. And that's like, you know, that's progress, honey. Yeah, it's learning that like, okay, this this feeling of rejection isn't going to last forever. It's I've learned not to take it personally. It's going to be okay. And then, you know, 48 to 72 hours later, like, you're totally fine. And it's nice seeing that, you know, progression because my brain just automatically goes to that place of like, oh, shit, I'm a piece of shit. But then I can kind of snap myself out of it now because I'm older and wiser. And oh be my like, God. okay, it's fine. Don't take it personally. What do they say? You're supposed to spend half the amount of time getting over someone as you were in with them. Is that or right? something? I don't know. I feel like I've heard that, but I don't feel like it's true. Because then yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, if Honey's been married to someone for five years and they dated for five years before then, are you supposed to spend five years getting over it? You know, oh my God, like, like five no. years of grieving. Oh, my God. No, God, no. That's anyway, just, you know, so swing and well, a miss. I'm sorry. Sometimes you get rejected, but like I feel totally fine about it now. This is like the last time I'm ever going to talk about it. But I think it was nice because like I immediately texted some close friends. I tested texted my sister and like they like helped me through it. Like I reached out to people to kind of help me out through, you know, me licking my wounds for two days. And then I was totally fine. And I'm like, oh, OK, like I can deal with rejection. It's going to be OK. And I, it's it's a nice internal thought process of being like, OK, I've made progress in terms of me emotionally handling this sort of thing. But I don't know. I think that I'm we've talked about before in gay world how like r- usually romantically, sexually, emotionally, um, we're kind of stunted because a lot of us don't go through like the high school dating phase and we're in high school because a lot of us aren't out. So a oh, lot of yeah, us are having our sure. first relationships in college or even after college when our straight peers usually are learning that sort of thing. Like first love, first rejection, losing your virginity, blah, blah. When they're like in high school, I'm just making general you know, assumptions here. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're like not all, you know, LGBTQ people, of course, because some people, you know, have very different high school experiences than oh, some absolutely. of us have. But like for me, I feel like I'm 10 years behind. I spent all of middle school, all of junior high, all of high school in the closet. No one to talk to about anything. And I feel like I'm just now hitting some milestones that I saw some of the straight people I went to high school with hit when they were like 21, 22. And I'm 31. Am I 31 or 32? I don't know how old I am. I'm 31. Age is just a number, honey. You're you're young at heart, right? Thank you, honey. I'm timeless. <laughs> so timeless. But I feel um, like that's yeah. something to really to take into consideration if you're being hard on yourself and you're, you know, part of the queer community is that a lot of us are we don't go through this shit. Like like I went through my first breakup when I was like, I mean, I guess some people date the first time in college. But like all of my friends had like had boyfriends and girlfriends in high school. And I didn't because I, you know, it was like one of two gay people in my entire, you know, village. 
But regardless, it's like, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, a lot of us learn this shit later on in life. And, you know, and then we compare ourselves to like how relationship emotionally stable our like straight peers are. And we're like, why am I not there yet? Well, Brenda, it's because that like you were, you know, stunted for five to 10 years and you're just learning this shit now. But at least you're learning it. So it's going to be OK. But, oh, my God. So inspirational. Anyways. And that like that kind of goes into pride a little bit for me because like, LOL, it's Pride Month. And I like I love Pride Month, obviously. But sometimes I'm like, this is a Carrie Bradshaw moment. Are you ready for oh this? Oh, my God. Type on your Apple computer. Uh, I'm on my 1998 hunty. I used to watch Sex in the City like every night before I went to bed when I was like in seventh grade. That's probably that's probably why I'm fucked up. Now. I didn't watch it till I was like in my 20s. Like we didn't have, you know, we had PBS and that was it. Right. It was so like, I it learned aired, it, it later. aired on like the CW for us. It was like what? highly censored, though. I don't oh, know why it was like it was some sort of thing. And so it always aired at like late night, like when I was going to bed. And oh, so like, maybe it was it on... like rerun kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was rerun? like, it was, oh, OK, it, it, they were all reruns anyway. So here's my my Carrie Bradshaw moment. I'm ready when it comes to pride. Um, I feel like that I am even stunted in the gay community because I don't live in a big city. And so like my I have less relationship opportunities. I feel like that my gay peers, I'm talking about gays and specifically just because that like I'm gay and I'm comparing myself to other gays. I feel like that um, sometimes I don't feel gay enough because I don't live in a big city. Um, a lot of my gay peers that live in big cities are having way more sex than I am. And they're having way more dates than I am. And so I'm like, am I even gay? Am I gay enough? I 100% get it. Do you understand that? I 100... I was literally just thinking about this. Pride Month, I feel like, makes us all reflective as LGBTQ people. I feel like it's good, but it's like like these existential questions in the gay community. It's like... You know, I'm well, like jealous. I'm, it's it, it's not like a slut shamey thing. It's more of a jealous thing where it's like, oh, I yeah. wish I had. No, I get it. I, I wish I had opportunities to like, because like, honestly, like I've I've had like five or seven partners in my entire life. And like, I feel like it's a low number. I feel like it's a really low number. And I was like, God, I wish well, I had more sexual experience. I don't think your number defines you or is anything important, That's true. honestly. That's true. But when I lived in, I... Grew up in Arkansas, obviously. Yeah. In Philly, it was a totally different world. I would go to gay bars every weekend with my friends there. Mm-hmm. Moved back to Arkansas, and I was there for another five or six or several years in my 20s and never dated. I went on maybe mm. two or three dates there. And like, I just knew, like, even as a little gay kid, when I was obviously secretly gay in like middle school or junior high, I was always like, I will never have the life. I want to have if I stay here. And that sucks because, like, I don't hate my hometown. I don't necessarily love everything about it. A lot of the people have views I don't agree with, but they got the privilege of getting to stay there and still be friends with everyone and have the life that they wanted. And I was like, this will never happen for me. I have to move in order to get what I want or else I'm going to settle. Mm -hmm. And I'm going... and. I, That's I didn't a want harsh that. realization, it but it's is. true. And it's true for a lot of LGBTQ people that you can only really express yourself and get the life that you want moving to certain places where the rent is too fucking high. And girl, 
But I was Preach. just thinking the other day, I never thought I would live in a place. Never. Like if you had told me this when I was 12 years old, 13 years old, never thought I would live in a place where like we can walk down to the parade, to the pride parade. Mm-hmm. It's a few blocks south of us. Just walk down there, be around people who have been through similar things as I have. And yeah, there's a pride parade in Arkansas. And there's it's changed a whole lot since I've been there. Like Little Rock has a decent LGBTQ scene, but it's not the same. Right, it's not. You don't, you walk around here and you see same-sex couples holding hands. Like you go to the park and it's probably, the park by our house is probably like 50% gay people. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, you don't feel like a gay village. No one's looking at you for being gay, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. whereas everywhere I walked in Arkansas carrying my tote bag, everyone was looking at me. There were snipers pointed at you. There were, honey, there was always a red laser right between my eyes. (laughs) They were getting ready to pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. And it sucks. It sucks so much. Like, it's not fair that we don't get to have, honey, and don't even get me started on straight pride. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I'm not gonna, I won't get started on, but we all know what we've been seeing on Twitter and stuff. People don't get why we need our LGBTQ, why we need our pride month. You know, right. and it's because exactly. of this. Uh, what we're talking about right now is just a small part of it. The s- right. A tiny part of why we need this month. And it's I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I, feel- I don't take it for granted growing up mm-hmm. in the South. You know, right. like it's it's like I still think about it all the time. Like, holy shit, I get to do this. There's you like know? if we want to talk about like privilege, like let's talk about privilege, hunty, like there's privilege within the gay community, I feel like, of of or w- of queer people who have the luxury of growing up in a big city with a larger gay population because they get to experience things that like rural gays. I mean, am I am I rural? I live in like the you know second largest city in Montana, but it's still like comparatively to like Seattle or D.C. or whatever. It's nothing. Um, but there, I feel like there's privilege because there's like there's more um, people like you just because of, you know, population density in general. There's you know probably more like queer or LGBT groups or activities you can do. There's a larger dating pool like it all, you know. Oh, there, yeah. You there's can't a throw a stone here, honey, without hitting, right. without taking out several homos, like, honey. Sometimes I yeah. do it just for fun. Exactly. And the thing is, like you were saying, like when you're at the park and there's, you know, there's other LGBTQ people around, they aren't judging you because you're gay. They're judging you because of your fashion choices. Oh, it's true. That's true. We do. I feel like, you know, to have a conversation what, about privilege. What, what hurts more? You know, is it is it your fashion getting mm. bullied because of your fashion choices or getting bullied because you're gay? Oh, for like, sure being gay. But I feel yeah. like we do have to recognize. Well, it's weird because like. Different people have different privileges in different places. And obviously, right. we're kind of on the top of this totem. Oh, uh, absolutely. Being white and cis and, and cis. gay. But even though, even like Hillary goes to my sister, she's a lesbian, if anyone doesn't know. She oh. will go like visit our relatives with her wife. And mm-hmm. I feel like I can't bring my partner there because being a lesbian is like, and this is just goes straight into sexism. It's mm-hmm. like they if a woman wants to act like a man, that's fine with them. But if a man is any sort of feminine, that's not OK. Because femininity because is women less than less than. Yes. Yes. And so like, you know, even then I'm like, I don't I don't feel comfortable bringing my partner around certain relatives. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. And yeah. it's, and, you know, I've talked to my sister about that. 
because it is different. It's even different, you know, just just being both being siblings and both being LGBTQ. Right, right, right. But then, but then again, like I, as a gay male, have a whole lot more probably acceptance outside, you know, in the world. There are a lot. There's probably more representation of me as a white gay man on TV than there is for her, a lesbian. Yeah. So it's like just nothing is equal ever. Right. Everything sucks. And you're like, what? (laughs) And we just need this one month to be able to like all celebrate each other. Do you know what I mean? Just give us one fucking month. Don't have a straight pride parade. Don't fucking do it. Y'all have the other 11 months out of the year. And they even have our month. They even have our month. Like, I don't even want to talk about it. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve the airtime, Joe. No. Okay. Um, anyway, I think oh, overall, I think the message is celebrate pride. Um, be proud of who you are, obviously. Um, but reflect. Like, reflect on, you know, your past experiences. Reflect on your friends' experiences. Reflect on your privilege that other people don't have. Um, and, yeah, just, like, just take the month to celebrate and Think deeply about, you know, your place within the community and, you know, other people who, you know, are are with you or that have the, you know, similar experiences to you. Um, anyways, I don't know if I'm going to date anymore. I'm just so sad, Joe. I'm so sad and alone. Honey, don't do it. <laughs> it's not worth it. I need to Honey, trap a man like I need to girl, trap me. Come and- live. We got a laundry room right below us. Oh, my God. Go pitch your tent down there. Not... Euphemistically. I'm, I'm, I'm pitching a tent right now, no, honey. honey. No. Um, <laughs> Has anyone ever said that to you in a sexy way? Like, I'm pitching a tent? Like, no. No. And if they did, I would tell You're them blocked. that's the reason that I would go, that I'm never talking to them again. Right. That I would say, by the way, blocked. that's it. It's over. Girl, come to D.C., get on Grindr, hook up with a nice senator who's posing as straight, blackmail him oh, for the rest God. of his life. Literally the dream. the dream. That is my dream. Honey, you go down to Georgetown <sighs> and you turn on your grinder and you get one of those rich bitch Georgetown gays, trust fund mm-hmm. babies. And I'm you ready. Dig your claws in, okay? Ugh, absolutely. I'm absolutely doing that. That is that is the Joseph Birdsong ten step program and trapping a man. <laughs> I don't I haven't had grinder since I've lived here, but I hear that that's what you do. Okay. The rumors are, are the rumors trumors? The rumors are trumors, honey. Anyways, let's, let's stop talking about, you know, me getting rejected. No, what that's is, fine. Is, it's is good there, to talk is, about these things. Is there uh, happier news? What do you have on the docket for this week, Joseph? Okay, well, I've got one thing before we okay. uh, go into E3 news. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've got a question for you from Psychology Today. Ooh, what about tomorrow? Nope, it's Psychology only today, honey. Oh, okay. Okay. So are you a morning person or a night person? Or are you a little something else? A little something else? Oh, I'm so quirky. Uh, what do, I would consider you a night person, no? Absolutely a night okay. person. That's what I thought. Uh, so these are called the chronotypes of being a morning person, an evening person, slash night person. But Ooh. researchers have found that there might be more types of people. Who knew? You can't put people into two boxes. I know. Who there's knew? more boxes than that. So there are uh, other chronotypes that they've done studies on. Researchers call them the napper and the afternoon chronotypes. Okay. So basically what they did was they rounded up all these people. It was about 1,300 people. They showed them like times of the day. They were like, hey, pretend you're well-rested. Pretend you 
got up at 7.30, went to bed at 10, whatever, had a good mm-hmm. night's sleep. Um, and they asked him how they thought they would be feeling at these times during the day. Uh, so they found, that's how they discovered these two chronotypes. So um, let me see. It tells what, like, you're a morning person is. It says okay. morning people are most alert from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., and then that gradually decreases throughout the day. They get sleepier and sleepier, and then they want to go to bed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, evening types slash uh, night types don't really get going until about 10 in the morning, it says. The level of alertness, however, it stays consistently high throughout the day, and then sleepiness does not set in until after 10 p.m., sometime after. Yes. Uh, but then these new ones, afternoon type and napper type. Mm-hmm. So the afternoon type, they wake up with the highest levels of sleepiness out of all of the groups. Um, their sleepiness kind of goes away around 11 a.m. And they're alert until approximately 5 p.m. And then at that point, they start to get sleepy again. And um, yeah. And then there's nappers. And they're the nappers. only group that shows a double peaked sleepiness curve across hours of the day. Honey, oh my God. Let me tell you about this because I think I am a napper. You're a napper? I think I'm a napper. I, I used to be a night person, but I think it changed. Oh. Uh, nappers begin the day very alert. That's me shooting straight out of bed, 7.30 a.m., honey, flying out of bed on my broomstick. Mm-hmm. Um, they Cackling. Rem- they remain that way until about 11 a.m., and then they start getting sleepy. Peaks around 3 p.m., and then uh, alertness returns until about 10 p.m. And then they start getting sleepy again. And that's me to a T, honey. I need like a little two o'clock siesta, 2 p.m. siesta. Honestly, like, I feel like if once you get into that routine of like taking a little nap, like, do you take a nap every day? Do you feel like? Not every day. Sometimes, though, like, I do feel like, um, because generally I try to record videos around like noon or so. And then after Mm -hmm. that, though, I like I'm fucking wiped. I don't know why. Maybe it's like being on or something. Right, right, right. But like I'll edit for a little bit and then I'll be like, holy shit, I feel really dead inside, really dead inside. And so I'll Mm -hmm. either just like lie down or just like stare at the wall or something for like an hour. (laughs) Just, you know, just, you know, cute, cute little things staring at the wall. Just turn off my brain. Week. Do you think weekly do you think that you take a nap if you were like generalize maximum like maybe three to four minimum like two. Like it's, gotcha. a, you know, it's two to four, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I always like was confused about it, too, because people are like, are you a morning person or a nighttime person? And I'd be like, well, I love getting up early. I'll shoot out of bed, honey. But then I mm-hmm. also love staying up late occasionally. Yeah. You know? But I think with the schedule I'm on now, honey, I'm a, I'm asleep by midnight. Right. Uh, you're such an adult. Look at you. But no, that makes sense, because I feel like. How how long do you take these naps? Are they like quick naps? Are they like an hour nap, two hour nap? What are these? I don't let them go over an hour. I that try to make sense. them like forty or forty five minutes. Yeah, that sounds like a good number. Yeah, and Just then like to get some deep sleep, but you know, not enough to like fuck up your sleep schedule for yeah, the evening. Yeah, exactly. A nice healthy nap, which like some countries do. Right, like Hillary. Like CS does. Yeah, Hillary taught in Spain for a few months. And they would like let the kids out, like go home, go take a nap, and then come home, come back to school. That's crazy. And then they'd stay up until like midnight or something, you know, because everyone took a nap. I feel like that's the way to go, honestly. I do like, too. I'm so down with that. Yeah, I feel like we could all use a little brain rest in the middle of the day. 
especially in the summer, like take a nap, like in the air conditioned house at like the hottest time of the day. Yeah. Like, you know, like like 2 p.m. or whatever. And then get ready, you know, like, you know, continue the rest of your day and then stay up in the evening when it's cooler. I feel like that makes total sense. How much does caffeine affect you? I mean, we've t- I mean, it, it affects me tremendously because I don't have it a lot. But mm. I don't know if if I were to, like, drink coffee regularly. I, I'm curious, like, how much the caffeine buzz would taper off as my body gets used to it. Um, but, like, you've you drink when we've talked about this before, you drink coffee every day. Yeah, I don't drink a lot. I drink between like a half and a full cup mug of coffee. How do you think the caffeine affects you as someone who's an avid coffee drinker? I don't know. I don't I can't tell anymore. It's hard to gauge, right? Because it's like your routine and then you can't tell when you don't have coffee if it's just a withdrawal symptom or if it's like, you know, it's kind of complicated. I feel the same kind of without coffee and with coffee. But if I go to the movies at night and have like a Coke at the movies, I do... Sometimes I'll have trouble falling asleep. Get the jitters. Get the jitters, honey. Gotta like mm. bake some bread at, you know, 1 a.m. Oh, that's when you know your life has fallen apart. Honey. When you're making bread making at bread. 1 in the morning. Get that bread, girl. Get that bread. Does that mean um, money? I don't know with the kid, the kids these days. Truly. I don't know. So here's a last question about naps before we move on. Yeah. Um, How do you take a nap successfully? Truly. Like, how do you take a nap and not wake up like sweaty and gross and groggy and you don't know what day it is. Is is the key to like only shoot for like 45 minutes to an hour? Is the key to like take all your clothes off? Like what? Oh, I need your 10 tips for napping successfully. Oh my God. Because nine times out of 10, I like wake up in a pool of sweat. I don't know what year it is. Oh my God. Like my entire life is ruined. I think that... Having a good nap depends on how much sleep you got the night before. Mm, like, I feel like okay. if you got like five hours of sleep, you're going to have a shitty nap that day because you're going to want right, to sleep your for like three gonna hours. Want to sleep yeah. more. You're. Mm, I feel okay. like I usually have the AC on in the bedroom when I take mm. my nap. Um, I know that Piggy's got to get settled down for it, so he's mm. going to be a bother for like ten minutes or so. The first part of the oh, nap. Bother. What a bother. Um. <laughs> I feel like you got to set an alarm and you have to stick to it. Every right. bad nap I've had where I've like woke up with a headache is because I've like dismissed the alarm and then like slept forever. So your your tip is routine. Routine, honey. Mm. Joseph Birdsong, nap wizard here on the podcast. Oh, my God. Um, what are your tips for napping? Send us a send us a tweet. Send Let us Sam know. a tweet. I need any any tips about anything, honestly. You need any Doesn't tweets matter. about anything. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I need any <laughs> I need at replies, honey. Help me with my numbers. Speaking of naps, honest. E3, what a snooze <laughs> fest. Wah, These wah. are a few of our favorite straight white presenters. Okay, so I tried to watch every single, at least a bit of every single of the major conferences. The PC and gaming I one. I only watched Nintendo's. God, Nintendo is like a breath of fresh air after it because they don't do an awkward stage presentation. Everybody I feel like that was the else. best decision they've ever made in marketing terms is starting yes. Nintendo Directs. It is so nice to not have to watch the most awkward presenters make the worst jokes like right. the PC gaming one was it, I think it was like maybe two hours long. I don't I did not get the whole way through it. That sounds long because every single game was a medieval sword game and they'd be like, now you can play it on Steam. And it's like, wow, quality control. There's not any. <laughs> and it was so bad. It was so bad. 
And did then, they announce um, the same game like twelve times in a row because it was just like it a medieval like it. sword game? It. You know what medieval games the- are an excuse to do. I tweeted about this, but I deleted the tweet. It's an excuse to copy and paste the same white male NPC in a game like 400 plus times. Right. Like, that's why they make medieval that's games. That's the tea. That's the tea, honey. And they're mm-hmm. just, it's like, what is, here's the question. Which came first? Medieval games or Game of Thrones? Because I oh, don't wow. remember there being this many medieval games. And now there are. Is it like, is the influx in medieval games... It's because like of Game of Thrones. All these developers suddenly realized, or in their brains, that the pinnacle of human evolution is when you were a white person with a sword. Is this like the straight gaming male community's version of when Twilight came out and there were vampires everywhere on like the CW? Yes. Basically, I what think a comparison. so. I think this is our, we've dug ourselves into this grave. Mm-hmm. We deserve it. We only need so many medieval themed <laughs> games. We need Skyrim. We need, I don't know, Dragon Quest. Is that a, that's a thing? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I or, like Builders. Uh, I played one of the Builders yeah. games. I love Build-A-Bear. I love building a good bear, honey. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. Like, we only need, like, a few. Maybe, like, there's so many other genres. Yeah. But, no, it, it wasn't just you realizing this. There were a lot of people on my Twitter timeline because, like, I didn't watch the PC gaming shit because, like, I was lazy. I didn't care. But a lot of people in my timeline were being like, oh, another sword game. Oh, another sword game. Oh, another medieval sword game. And I was like, Jesus, this must not be going well. Another creative director jacking himself off on stage, you know? Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Literally, the creative directors would be like, in this one, you can can do combat. And it was like, how is this different? Oh, my God. And there was one game that was like, prove yourself. And I was like, if I ever base my self-worth on whether or not I win in this gun game, I want someone to end me. Right. Like. Lord. Yeah. This just, it was just the same dump of generic phrases. Here's what got me, though, honey. Square Enix. Okay, first of all. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know if we should call this a Square Enix event or if we should just call this the Final Fantasy remaster event. Oh, Jesus. Every year, it's just like, which Final Fantasy are they going to bring back? And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, good for the Final Fantasy fans. That's great. Right. Um, But I I think it's them who are coming out with the new Avengers game. Oh, really? And they were on stage and they were like, we got the chance to make the Avengers however we want and to reimagine them in our own way. And I tweeted about this and I got some replies from some people who don't follow me. So I deleted Uh-oh. the tweet. But, Uh-oh. okay. They had a chance to like reimagine the Avengers, they say. They're still all white guys. Mm. They were like, you can play as this white guy or this white guy or this white guy <laughs> and Black Widow and this white guy. And Black Widow. I was like, holy shit. Like, Mm. it just, it blows my mind how much we fucking need some diversity in the gaming world. It is so, like, if you would have to, like, not be able to, like, see what's going, I don't know how people don't see it. Do you know what I mean? Right. And then they, then they introduce one person of color or a, you know, a female character and it's, and all of a sudden it's pandering. Well, and it's like, and then people are like, you have this one character in that enough? It's like no, it's it's fucking not. Okay, no, it's not. It's not. One by woman the way. does not a good game make. No, and one like non-white person either. Do you know? <sighs> it's just it's just like so exhausting. It really is. Like, and and that's why we have medieval games. That's why we have right. twenty-seven thousand medieval sword games on Steam. <laughs> okay, 
So oh, let's Lord. uplift our minority developers and creative directors for the love of God for some diversity. Absolutely. If okay, that was my one spiel about that, and I'm sure. So I'm. I'm what? This is my safe space. Okay. This is oh, a absolutely. space where nobody can tweet angry things at me. I think someone who started <laughs> I mean, tweeting at me got banned on Twitter for the things they were saying. But ooh, it was spicy, spicy, honey. But I was like, oh, I don't like this. But oh, whatever. Uh, let's just talk about Nintendo. Well, yeah. So I, I want you to, before we get into Nintendo, because I think this is going to be really quick. What were some things from all the other conferences that you did like? Nothing. Anything? Okay. Glad we have that settled. What was that? There was <laughs> one Square Enix, though, right? Or was it Ubisoft, Monsters and Gods? It was a Breath of the Wild knockoff. Oh, yeah, I saw. I, that's one of the things that I did see, and it was like an open world. It was like very Gods like, colorful. Gods and Monsters, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ubisoft. Okay, yeah. well, keep an eye out for it that. It looked nice. It looked it looked very much like Breath of the Wild. Hmm, hmm. suspicious. Um, so, yeah, so Nintendo's, uh, uh, Nintendo Direct, Nintendo's always last, Um but I feel like for good reason, because I feel like their presentations are always polished and uh, people are always hyped for Nintendo. So the direct was yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday. And uh, Joe, I hear you have some notes. I want to hear your thoughts and feelings about everything. OK, here we go. There were a mm-hmm. lot of ports to the Switch, a lot of like remakes yes. and ports, which is fine. It will mm-hmm. be nice to play some of those games like on the go. And mm-hmm. by on the go, I mean in bed. Exactly. I'm yes, not going anywhere. Go. Absolutely. Honey. Not stepping on the toilet. The store. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, join Mario, Sonic, and friends in a sporting spectacular, honey. Oh, Mario and Sonic your... Olympic it... Games, Tokyo 2020, honey. Is this your new Mario Tennis where you're going to be so obsessed honey? about it and then you're going to play it and you're going to be like, eh. game, honey? is this the new arms? <laughs> Honestly, like, here, here's my question. I didn't know that people played the Sonic and Mario Olympic Games game enough where they keep making them. Like, I've never played one in my entire life, and I'm always so surprised when they have another one. I'm like, yeah, this shit, like, because obviously they only make these games if people play them. People must be playing these games, and it's not me. We'll see. Apparently here's it's the thing. You. I've never played them either. Oh, really? No, I haven't. interested in this one? I just, because Daisy's I just in it? need more games with Daisy at this moment in time. I okay, think, well. isn't it developed by Sega? I don't know. I feel yes, like it's to give it Sega is. something to do. Right. Like, it's that's the point of the game. It's like, hey. Right. They're like the Atari of 2019. It's like, give them something. Give them something to do, honey. They're not doing mm-hmm. their Sonic games well enough. Although, really right. like Team Sonic Racing. I think we've discussed that. We have. We have. Um, Astral Chain. What is this? Hold on. It's a it's a shoot 'em a hack and slash shooterish kind of game, except you have like this futuristic Digimon that nobody can see. Oh yeah, that snacks on people and listens to their convos. Looks interesting. Yes. There was no Bayonetta three news, so this yeah, there was no mention no. of Bayonetta three. And so I feel like this will be a good like tide people over. Right, right, right. Uh, Witcher three. I never played The Witcher 3. I don't know if I want to play it at 240p at like 20 right? frames a second on the Switch. It looked awful. Awful. Um, did you see that they're porting Alien Isolation to the Switch? Oh my God, I did though. And I was like, do daren't I? And I probably That's will. my thought. I'm like, if it's $60, no. If it's $40, maybe. Maybe. It needs, it deserves to be like 25 to 30, honestly. True, truly. But it's like, I haven't played Alien Isolation in so long. I like, I think I'm ready. Like, I have it for Steam. It's like a Shovel Knight situation for me where, like, I would buy it for multiple platforms if it's cheap enough. Yeah. And, like, it would be fun to play it on Switch, I think. And like, it's the graphics like, aren't that intense. It's one of those games I don't really, once I played it through all the way, I didn't play it again, you know? Mm. And so I, I'm unsure of it. Oh, uh, you don't know if you want to, you know, relive that. Right. It was such a moment for me. 
It was a hashtag moment. Witcher 3, though, is is on a lot of, like, best game of all time lists. No, it's supposed to be a really good game. Yeah, I've been wanting to play it, but I just haven't. So I don't, right. but it's I don't know list. if the Switch will be the console to play it on. Right, right. Um, Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah, people were hyped for Animal Crossing. Um, we got I a feel tidbit. Like, um, yeah, we got, we got a little bit. We got a release date. People, I mean, it was originally announced it was going to come out at the end of 2019, and they're pushing it like three months for March 2020. And I feel like a lot of people were understanding about that. And then Nintendo released a statement. I think it was Doug Bowser. It was like, yeah, like we'd much rather release a game, you know, and like give our developers some like a, a balanced like work life schedule. And I was like, well, you know, that sounds, you know, like not slave labor, which is a, an inherently good thing. So I don't mind that it's delayed. Like I'd much rather no. have a, a good game that's delayed than a bad game that is, you know, rushed. Well, and people were like, be like that. People were, you know, it's going to have seasons, which mimic our seasons. And people were like, we don't want it in winter anyway. Winter's the most boring month in the game. Winter's the prettiest month. It's pretty, but what do you do? You pick up sticks all winter? You you make snowmen and you get the snowman set for your house? I don't know. Easily, please. I am. You're absolutely right. That's why Um, I'm hyped for Animal Crossing, because I'm a simpleton. I was kind of... I, w- I watched the treehouse of it afterward where they were showing off all the features and stuff. I got to say. Joseph has a hot take on Animal Crossing. I was a little underwhelmed. Okay. I think they had a real chance here to like mm-hmm. add add a whole bunch of shit, make a completely, not a completely different game, just the same Animal Crossing game, but like elevated. And I don't Enhanced. think, I don't think this is elevated. I think this is a lateral move. To the next mm. game, I think is they aren't doing enough. Not doing enough, but time will tell. Obviously, I'm going to buy it. Obviously, I'm going to pl- get it day one oh, and same. check it every single day until I'm dead. But right. I still think it could be. It could be more. It could be more, and maybe it will be more. Maybe it will. I mean, they have a decent chunk more development time before right. they release it in March. True. So True. you know they they are going to you know work on it, but like like I said, I feel like. We always have, like, Animal Crossing fans, we always have that dream game. And I feel like it slowly gets closer and closer, but it's, like, it's not... I feel like the steps, the enhancements, like you said, aren't enough. It's, like, I I could just think of so many things that I would want to do right. that could be added, you know? It's like, a, it's, like, an infinite list of things that could be improvements to the franchise. But I am ready, um, though. You can make paths. And you can be shovel. on... You're on a desert island, honey. Deserted. Mm-hmm. And there's and like the whole like crafting system looks really interesting. Yeah, like they're adding this crafting thing to Animal Crossing, and I don't I don't really mind that. Like that could be fun. And it's just like I feel like the game looks really polished. Like I love like the look of it because like girl, we have not had an HD Animal Crossing game yet. Like this, I'm shooketh at like at all the you know that's cute true characters. It's very pretty. It was I'm, very it's pretty, so fucking pretty. Um, but no, like I'm hype. I'm 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 excited to see what happens. But like you said, like there's always room for improvement, right? Oh, totally. I always want more. Um, um I'll do a quick Pokemon Sword and Shield. Still in, excited. Mm-hmm. The treehouse was very interesting. Um mm-hmm. they showed a lot of gameplay in like the free camera part of the game, which was really cool. Right. Because that was speculative, right? People were like, oh, it's a free camera. Oh, it's not a free camera. And then it's like, right. oh, it's a free camera. It's like a free camera in like the wild part. Right. I feel like it's like the central hub is what it looks mm-hmm. like, but I don't right. know. Um, do you play Luigi's Mansion? I 
am one of four people that love Luigi's Mansion so much. I loved it for GameCube. I played Dark Moon on the 3DS, and I am one of two and a half people in the entire world that are so hyped for the new one for Switch. So I am absolutely going to play it. Their whole, like, booth thing was Luigi's Mansion themed. Like, it was a haunted hotel sort of room that they had. Oh, I didn't even see that. They must be really pushing it then. I played it for the 3DS, and I liked it. Um, Mm -hmm. The multiplayer looks fun. Oh, the multiplayer was garbage. What? Oh, I'm talking Uh, talking about on 3, on the new one. Oh, no, I'm talking about 3DS. I didn't even bother. I didn't have any friends when I had a 3DS. What are friends? But no, yeah, the multiplayer on the Switch looks a lot better. Yeah. You get to be like purple Luigi or like orange Luigi. I'm ready to be Gooigi. Who? Gooigi. Oh, the goo one? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honey, what Everyone about? on Twitter was like, please stop saying the word Gooigi. Gooigi. So here for Splugigi. it. Splugigi. Mmm, Splugigi. Um, I think it looks good. I think it looks polished. My w- word of the week is polished, apparently. Oh, yeah. It's um, a good word. I'm just like, I after this E3, I'm like, I'm so poor. Like, there's like seven right? games in the next year that I'm going to have to pay $60 for each. And I'm like, I'm not going to have a place to live no. at the end of this. And Mario Maker 2 this month. Right. It's like, I need $60 for Mario Maker. Like, I'm going to buy the new Luigi's Mansion when it comes out. I'm going to buy uh, one of the versions of Pokemon. I'm going to buy Animal Crossing. I'm going to buy the new, you know, Breath of the Wild sequel that's going to come out in like 2025 or whenever the fuck they release that. Like, there's so many fucking games. Speaking <sighs> of Legend of Zelda. Oh, Link's Awakening. I, how did I even forget that? I am so hype. I'm in. I wasn't Awakening. originally, but I'm in. Oh, really? I'm in. It's just so fucking cute i want him to do um what's the what which one is my favorite it was also on link to the past link to the past i want him to remake that in the same way too i think that'd be same pretty. it'd be so cute it's yeah. just like the sound effects were so cute the animation was cute the art style is cute the music is cute and i'm like and link's awakening is like inherently just a really solid 2d platformer or 2d adventure game and so like that combined with like a chibi cute art style i'm like so into and all the straight white people are like oh this is too cute and it's like fuck off this game's for the gays see i Give feel like us. that Let us have it. is part of the problem with a lot of the other presentations is we're losing so many games are now action adventure but they're not really right. they're just action we're losing action. the adventure mm-hmm. part and those were the games that i always liked the best and nintendo brings them you know, right. I want an adventure. Like, wow, I don't want to have to shoot someone every two seconds, you know, right. Like, give us a few games that are non-threatening, right? I'm, I have anxiety, <laughs> oh, honey, me. and I'm gay, right? Exactly. I'm gay. I'm gay and anxious. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, that's my tattoo on my that's my tramp stamp. Tattoo. The, I'm anxious. I'm I'm gay and anxious. Yeah, that's a good tramp stamp. Mm-hmm. Um, But what about that Breath of the Wild sequel, honey? Um, that I feel like everyone was shook. I at the end better be able to play as Zelda, honey. It's and, and her Zelda, legend. Y- yeah, and also Zelda with short hair. I am a hundred percent here for honey. The gays were all over her outfit, and I'm into it. Well, what's interesting is that um, it was like Eiji Aonuma, the producer of the Legend of Zelda series. Like IGN did an interview with him after that trailer came out, and they were like, you know, because they compared it to. Uh, Majora's Mask, which came out after 
Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask had like a swift release because they used a lot of the assets from Ocarina of Time. But Majora's Mask was way more heavy and darker themed than Ocarina of Time. And so people are like, well, the trailer looked pretty dark. Is it going to be as dark as Majora's Mask was? And Eiji Aonuma, the producer, was like, honestly, I feel like it's going to be a little darker than Majora's Mask. And I am 100% here for a dark Zelda game. Like, I loved Majora's Mask. Twilight Princess was pretty dark, but I feel like, it, you know, the moon wasn't falling and killing everyone like it was Majora's Mask. That's pretty heavy. And so I feel like a lot of people are here because, like, Breath of the Wild was a lot. It was about healing. It was about, you know, adventure. It was about, like, fixing past problems. So I feel like a good sequel would be, like, some dark fucking shit like we oh saw my in the trailer. So I am, like, ready for this. I'm ready. I'm so hyped. For a Kool-Aid hair-dyed Zelda. Oh, absolutely. Honey, with nose with piercings. With a teardrop tattoo. Mm-hmm. Honey. So I've hot. already read uh, someone on Reddit which I don't read too often, had mm. a very good, like, breakdown of that short little trailer. They were like, Ooh, oh, I'm really? speculating this and this and this. And it was like, oh, my God, it makes sense. Frame by frame. Yeah, like frame by frame. Like, there's a corpse with this person and it's Ganon. And- Crazy. I love the theories. I, I love, love that everyone's as hyped about this as I am. Like, And no one really saw it coming. I mean, like, everyone knew that they were going to do a series to, or a sequel to Breath of the Wild. But no one was expecting us to hear anything about it, like, at this E3. No. So I feel like it was a very nice ending surprise. Oh, also Banjo fucking Kazooie in oh, uh, yeah. in Smash, which in Smash. I, I feel it's always been rumored, but like the the relationship between Rare and being owned by Microsoft and Rare used to be a partnership with like a first party, second, third party partnership with Nintendo back in the 90s for the N64. Like there was just some bad blood there for years. And I feel like it's like obviously there has been some communication between Nintendo and Microsoft the past few years because like we got Cuphead which was an Xbox exclusive for a while I mean it wasn't made by Microsoft but Studio Mir got a lot of funding from Microsoft and it was an Xbox exclusive for a while so there were some talks there and then obviously there have been talks to license uh, the Banjo-Kazooie character for Smash and they it fucking happened and I feel like a lot of people were were shook some people weren't because a lot a lot of people were like oh it's gonna be Banjo but it was kind of a meme you know, it's like it was kind of like the K rule being a meme, uh, but it fucking happened. And I'm I'm pretty hyped. I didn't buy um, Joker from Persona because I never played any Persona games. And so I didn't buy that DLC character, but I'll probably buy Banjo when he comes out for Smash. Kind of into it. Yeah, I think he's like a good addition. Right. Same. And it's, it's quirky. What's interesting that people noticed is that um, Banjo is the first Western IP to be introduced into Smash. It's all been um like Japanese sword based, people. Yeah. Ugh, how many Fire Emblem people? Sword people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And so it's cool that we have a, a Western IP um, in Smash now. It's cool. Uh, uh, Spyro 2. Oh, Not yeah. for Smash, but they're actually finally bringing it to Switch. And I feel like Spyro is a really good addition for the Switch. I feel like it's going to... I I hope it does well for Switch. Cause yeah, it, it, I agree. It's one of those platformers that I feel like just would feel really comfortable portably. And it's probably, you know, the graphics aren't too intense, but it's still probably going to look pretty polished on the Switch. So I'm glad they're bringing that. I just Overall, I feel like Nintendo's E3 conference was pretty, pretty banging. Like, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't care about, but it was still, like, good content, you know? Yeah, it was still like, hey, I want to play this game, like, right. day one. And it, there were, like, It, it wasn't all, like, gun-gun shoot-em-ups like everyone else. No. So I feel like that was the breath of fresh air for everyone. It's like, oh, adventure games, things that are non-threatening, RPGs, you know, fun shit, not just violence all the time. 
And like, I feel like I'm not totally ragging on. I love a good first person shooter. Oh, same. But it's just like, like, I feel like the market's oversaturated. Oh, yeah. There's more to life than FPSs. Right. There's more games than that. There's too many, and like Battle Royale is like still the flavor of the week. And right. And it's like, ugh. Everyone's getting a Battle Royale mode. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I guess there are audiences for those things. I mean, obviously there must be because they still have hun- like thousands, millions of players in so many of those games. But it's right. just, it's just hard to watch when it's like bang after bang after bang right. of all those games. And just, you know, they're, they're just so similar. Like, more power to you if you like those games, but, like, they suck. Right. It's like, I, I don't yeah. feel good after I'm done playing a first-person shooter. I feel good and accomplished. Like, I don't have those feel-good feelings when I'm playing FPSs. I feel, I get those feelings when I'm, like, done playing, like, an adventure game or done playing, you know, like, a puzzle game. Like, I don't know. Violence doesn't make me feel accomplished. <laughs> Is that Prove weird? yourself. It's like, fuck. Like, no, I want to, like, go on a cute worst. little adventure with Chibi Link in Link's Awakening and have this cute, like, music in the background. That makes me feel fucking great. I like Doom, though. When they start playing that, like, hardcore music and you're like, yeah, fuck that gets the you devil. Hype. Yeah. Mm. And you're like, yeah. And you, like, carve a crucifix on your wall and you're like, Ugh. I mean, there are there's a time and a place for that, absolutely. But I don't, I feel like I don't want that for every game. No, I I totally agree. I right. totally agree. There are there are specific times, but it's it's exhausting when you see so much of it together, and that's right. what E three is. Right. Anyways. So there you have it. There's your E three rundown, hot take, gay take. It's E three of the week. E3. Oh my god! Oh, we haven't even done our favorite things. Ah, uh, no. Should we uh just quickly go through them? Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, these are a few of our favorite things. Hyper round, Joe. What's your favorite thing? My thing's a Netflix movie. It's called I Am Mother. It's about a future, a dark future, where robots, there's a robot, okay. and it uh, humans are allegedly extinct. Extinct? Extinct. And this robot is raising, like, the first human from, like, this hibernation thing. But then Hillary Swank shows up. Uh-oh. And shit hits the fan. Okay. Who will win? Probably Hillary Swank. <sighs> he will. You'll have to see. Honey. <laughs> you'll have, you'll it, it was have really to watch good. the movie. For like a dystopian futuristic movie, like there were some twists and stuff where you're like, eh. eh. Yeah, that was expected. But then there were some where you were like, what? Nice. What? Cool. But it was really good. And it's a Netflix movie. The two actresses, it's Hilary Swank. And then I don't know who the, she she's a teenager in it, I think. But I don't know who she is. Mm. Um, but she was really good. She plays daughter, the daughter of the robot. Well, uh, I'll have to check it out. If it's good. Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. What's your favorite thing? My favorite thing is not a movie, but it's what all the gays were screaming about this entire weekend, including me. It's Big Little Lies season two, starring Meryl oh. Streep. Um, I loved Big Little Lies season one. I know, Joe, you've slowly been making through it. You weren't really into it. It's kind of a slow burn, blah, blah, blah. And that's okay. We like it. Yeah. But we're not finished with season one. Although I know who dies and what happens. Right. The main thing is that... I can't believe Meryl Streep is in Big Little. There's already so many brilliant actresses and Are so you much. Star shook, starstruck. I am kind of shook. But what everyone was um, hyped about is that Meryl Streep screams at the dinner table in episode one, and it is an iconic moment. 
And it's just like Meryl Like Streep's- just a one blood curdling scream where she like yells words. Oh no, one blood curdling long oh, ass scream my. at the dinner table and it is God. iconic. Um I think Work. everyone it's just like it's just, Big Little Lies is just like gay candy because there's just there's so many like brilliant um actresses and then you just throw Meryl Streep into season 2 of an already like pr- you know critically acclaimed award-winning series with a bunch of famous women and it's like Jesus Christ how hard can I get well apparently I can get harder because Meryl Streep's here and she's like amazing and she has this like bobbed hair and these fake teeth and she's crazy it's so good fuck and the theme song just gets me every time anyways i'm gay so uh those are your favorite things this week ta-da those were a few of our favorite things um i've never done an outro oh wow (gasps) so many new things we're switching up the patreon soon we have a we're joe's doing an outro Drag we've Race is gone. Tiers. Drag Race is gone. Uh, we've written up the new tiers for the Patreon. We're hoping it goes into effect next month. Is that mm-hmm. what we we're talking about? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Didn't want to spill the beans. Oh, no, no. We talked uh, about it last week that we were hoping, like, probably oh, okay. beginning of July. Uh, so we've got some of that stuff sorted out. Letters are going out. Mm-hmm. We've got those getting mailed out. So peep at your inboxes for those. Mm-hmm. And uh, But that is going to be all for this week. Next week, we will be back with a regular episode as well as a bonus episode for you lovely Patreon patrons. So we will see y'all then. Yep, that sounds good. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe to us on iTunes or via SoundCloud at theshowsamandjoe.com. You can also support us to help keep the podcast going at our Patreon, patreon.com slash theshowsamandjoe. Patrons also gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes, music downloads, physical rewards, and more. We also want to give a big personal thanks to the wonderful podcast patrons who have donated $5 or more. Thank you to Alex P, Alex S, Allison B, Andrew G, Ben B, Brat D, Brian H, Carolyn A, Charlotte S, Dallas E, David M, Duran C, Devin B, Erica V, Feliciano D, Helena B, Henrich B, Jack C, Julian S, Justin, Kate M, Kevin V, Kylon C, Lindsay C, Marion J, Maurice W, Megan N, Michael C, Nick I, Nikki Q, Pablo F, Scott A, Vincent L, and Zachy. As usual, thanks to all our listeners, and we'll see you all next week on The, the Show. Show.